Thank you, Paul. Mother to three and grandmother to nine. <laughs> so, so I do pray that you all have a really great Mother's Day today and I know that you're all going to be blessed. Now, a few months ago, back in, uh, I think it was late in February, I had a dream. In this dream, I was dressed in like those blue hospital scrubs and I was in a cubicle where this person was lying on a bed and they had just died. Then I was led into the next cubicle. That person was also had, well, had just died. And then I was left alone. So what I did was what I hope most of you would do, was pray. I just started praying. And suddenly this person came back to life and I heard also that the person in the other cubicle had come to life. And then, as, as you do, you just wake up, don't you? And you just know, oh, what just happened? <laughs> anyway, I believe God wants us to arise, to wake, awake from our slumber. He wants us to, or he wants to breathe new life into us. Right from the beginning of creation, um, God breathed life and his spirit and his purpose into us. It says that in Genesis 2 verse 7. For the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. We were created by God to be his. That's why he created us. But we, three time, because we're made of flesh, we get easily distracted, tempted and disillusioned over time. I'm so glad that God has the power to make the dead come back to life and the asleep to waken. See, these two dead, uh, these two dead people in my dream were obvious, obviously sick. So they probably also were given, you know, no hope of, of ever walking out of the hospital. No hope of recovery. Yet God... God has a different idea, doesn't he? So the title of my message today is Raising the Dead to Life. And I'm going to read from Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14, and it is um, the passage about the valley of dry bones. The hand of the sovereign Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. And set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you 
with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them. They came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I'm going to open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. <clears throat> so this was a valley, valley of dry bones. It was a pile of death. But God could see a future here. God breathed his Holy Spirit into them, making them a vast army. Now, I'm going to pick out a couple of little observations and a few little points from both my dream and from um, this um, piece of scripture about the Valley of Dry Bones. So my first point will be resurrection and restoration. So back in Ezekiel, we saw that God is in to resurrecting what was dead and restoring it back to life and probably making it better than what it was before. In chapter 1 um, of Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 15, it is all about um, resurrection. Now, I have just picked out some verses and I do encourage you to read that full little um, piece of scripture, but this is what it says, starting at um, verse 13. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 13. There is no resurrection of the dead. Sorry, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is our faith. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sin. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Verses 20 to 22. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as Adam all, in Adam all died, so in Christ 
all will be made alive. So we were all born into a life of sin and death, all because of what Adam did right at the very beginning. We were living as dead, living in a valley, disorganised, dry and a pile of mess before Jesus called us all by name and pulled us up out of that heap. We were all dead to God and separated from his spirit. But because of God's great love for every single one of us, he sent Jesus to resurrect us from death and restore us back to life and into that right relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. Just a couple of scriptures here. Job 33, verse 4. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. John 5, verses 24 to 25. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. And I tell you the truth, a time is coming and now has come when the dead will hear my voice or the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. John eleven twenty five to 26. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? That was a question put to the woman there. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. It is only by his power that we can be raised back to life, restoring us back to the right relationship with the Father and enabling us to have an eternal life with him. So this will then lead me to my next point. Because God wants us all to have a fresh anointing filled with new, renewed promises and renewed purpose. So when you look back in Ezekiel 37, I'm just going to compact um, and compress um, the uh, verses 10 to 14. It says, um, as Ezekiel prophesied, breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. They said to him, Our bones are dried up and our hope is all gone. We are cut off. Then God told Ezekiel to prophesy again and gave them new promises, new purpose and a fresh anointing, saying, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. So God has raised us up, just like them, and he's putting us back together. See, God breathed into them his life, his spirit. He imparted them with his Holy Spirit. Where there once was no hope, now there is life, and life in abundance. A vast army of the Lord, because that's what we are. God doesn't want you to walk around dead to him. He wants you to live a life that he has planned for every single one of you. 
Once there was only death. Now God has filled us with life, a fresh anointing with renewed promises and with renewed purpose. God wants to bring order back to our lives. He wants to pull you up out of that pit of death. Once you were in total darkness, now you have been filled with his glorious light. When God breathed his spirit into you, it was a spirit of life, a spirit of adoption, it was a spirit of faith, and it was a spirit of the anointing. We are filled with all the power that we need to do whatever God asks for us. We have been anointed with the same Holy Spirit as Jesus, filled with that same power to do miracles in his mighty name. Now, over time, I know that we've all had promises given to us and um, prophecies spoken to us, but over time, because sometimes they don't happen when we think that they should, we lay them down and we forget about them because we probably think, oh, you know, God's forgotten and they're not going to happen. But God wants you to grab hold of those promises, those words that are spoken over your life if they haven't already happened. And he wants you to believe that they will come to pass. The Bible is filled with as many as 30,000 promises and hundreds of prophecies. So promises in there for us all. And we can grab hold of every single one of them. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 to 22. For no, for, um, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. His, he has set his, his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. See, there's usually a space between the promise or the prophecy and the fulfilment. And because of who God is, we can believe that all of these promises can be trusted and they will be fulfilled. And thank you, Luke, for singing Waymaker. I don't know where Luke is, but, um, yeah, that was a real timely, timely thing because, yeah, even though we don't see it, just like what Eden said, even though we don't see it, he is still working in our life. In um, Deuteronomy chapter 28, 1 to 14, it lists a whole heap of promises, but I'm not going to tell you those. But I'm going to tell you and I'm going to read my favourite scripture of all time. We had it prayed over us as a leadership team many, many years ago. It was... Um, yeah, something that I just grab hold of. And it's Isaiah 61. Now, I'm going to read it all, the whole chapter, okay? So bear with me and hold on to your seats. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. I'm just going to pause there. Because the Lord has anointed us. But the thing is, he's the sovereign Lord. And a sovereign is a king, 
somebody, you know, high up that you could, yeah, just stand in awe of. But the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance to our, to our, uh, from our God, to comfort those who, who mourn. I'll put it down because it's making me a bit... Um, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You know, in, in the Bible, it talks about trees quite a lot. And I love trees. I mean, they're so big and magnificent. And you know that they have roots that go deep, deep down. And I just love the way that they are described. And we are those big trees. We are a tree of righteousness. God made us. He created us. And we need to make sure we have our roots firmly in place. They will rebuild ancient ruins and restore the um, places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. So things that are lost, God wants to bring back up. Aliens will shepherd your flock. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. And you will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of the nations and their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land and everlasting joy will be theirs. I'm not going to stop at that double portion. I mean, we've heard of that probably lots of times. People might have even prayed it over you. And I, I declare that every single one of you will get a double portion. That God wants to pour out on you a double portion, a double blessing. That is what's in the house today. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my, in my faithfulness, I will re reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. I'm just going to stop there again. God hates what the enemy is doing in your lives because he knows that the enemy comes to steal your joy, steal whatever it is. He wants to kill you. He wants to knock you down. He just wants to devastate you and uh, bring you, yeah, to nothing. He wants you to forget about God. But God, he is faithful. He wants to restore back to you what the enemy has stolen. So whatever the enemy has stolen in your lives, God wants to bring it back. That's when you've got to hold on to those promises. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the people. All who see them will acknowledge that they are people the Lord has blessed. 
So your children, your grandchildren, and generations to come, God wants to bless everyone. So for those children that you think, yeah, they're a bit lost at the moment, but God wants to restore them back. God will bring them back. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with a garment of salvation and arrayed me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, for as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. I mean, that is such a powerful piece of scripture. God has filled us with his Holy Spirit. He's anointed us. We're not to keep this a secret, but we're to share God's blessings with everyone we meet. God wants us to bring hope to the whole world. God raised us up out of that valley of death, breathing his spirit into us, filling us with a new anointing, giving us new promises, renewed our purpose and equipping us for a very important part of his vast army. But nothing happens without prayer. So prayer is my next one. But prayer using God's word. See, nothing can change unless there is prayer, like I said. And when we pray, combining it with God's word, there is power. Miracles will start to happen. Blind will see, deaf will hear, and the dead will rise up out of their graves. 2 Timothy 3:16 to 17 it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, God wants us to be totally equipped, but we've got to be in his word. We've got to read what the word says and then deposit it in our heart. God breathed his breath, his spirit, his power into the word. It is a mighty weapon for us to use. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing souls and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thought and attitudes of the heart. So in my dream, as I prayed God's word, these two people came back to life. When Ezekiel spoke to the pile of dry bones, just as God has instructed, God breathed his life back into that dead, dry pile and they became that vast army. In my dream, these two people had only just died. So their bodies were quite whole. Before God totally healed them, and breathe his life back into them. But Ezekiel's bones, they were just that, a pile of disorganised, dry bones. 
God had to reorganise them, putting them back together, putting flesh on them, giving each one new bodily organs, making them human again. It was only then that he could breathe life back into their lungs and raising them up to be the mighty army. So this is what I have discovered in my years of reading God's word. God's word is God-breathed. God's word is life. God's word is truth. God's word is alive. God's word is a lamp. God's word is eternal. God's word is medicine. God's word equips. God's word is perfect. God's word is a shield. God's word is the bread of life. God's word is true. God's word is spirit-filled. God's word is a rock. God's word is powerful. God's word is eternal. And God's word can bring order out of chaos. So maybe there's some areas of your life that might need to come back into order today. Is there anything that might be a bit dead or asleep? God's word has the power to put everything back together. His word can restore you, resurrect you and put you back to where you should be. Can you just imagine how powerful and effective our prayers can be when we start combining them with God's very own word? If God's breath, his word, could cause a valley of dry bones to become a great living army, just think what power that we can have in our lives. So we need to get that. The word of God deep within our hearts, in our lungs, because it is a mighty weapon to fuel your prayers. We need to be in God's word daily, meditating on it for his word to penetrate deep into our hearts and to our, into our spirits to become that powerful weapon to use with our prayers. In Matthew 21, 22, the New Living Translation, it says, you can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. In the message version, it says, absolutely everything ranging from small to large, as you make it a part of your believing prayer, it all gets included as you lay hold of God. Not by my, sorry, not by my might, nor by power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 4, 6. So we have been filled with God's Holy Spirit. And it's when we pray using his own words and with the power of the anointing, breakthroughs will happen and our prayers will be answered. We will see the dead raised to life. Thank you, worship team. I might get you to come up. So as I wrap up, we were like those two people lying in that hospital bed, those two dead people. But God 
has raised us back to life. We were like the pile of disorganised, confused, mixed up, dead, dry bones lying in a valley when God, by his awesome power and his love for us, reorganised us, restored us back to where we needed to be and then breathed his life into our bodies, our souls and our spirit. God anointed us. He raised us up to be a mighty army of the Lord. So can I ask you, please stand for me. Thank you. And just close your eyes. Now, I don't know everybody here today, but I'd just like to pray a simple um, sinner's prayer. And if you truly believe that, and that was your first time ever doing that, then you are a child of God. Yeah, you are a new creation. God is raising you up from the dead. So, so, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today knowing that I need you in my life. I ask you to forgive me for my past and resurrect me with a new life found in you. I believe in my heart that I am a child of yours and you have adopted me into your family. I confess that Jesus is now Lord and Saviour of my life and I have been filled with the power of your anointing through the Holy Spirit and I know that I am a new creation. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So that's for everyone here today. So I'm just going to do a blanket prayer over everyone else here today. So keep your eyes closed. Thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I, I do pray that everybody here today gets something out of that message today. And I do pray that it goes deep within them. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you just breathe your life and your spirit on everyone here again. Lord, I do pray if there's areas of their life that might need to be resurrected again, restored, I thank you, Lord God, that you are a God that hears our heart. You can hear our prayer. And I do thank you. I thank you, Lord, for those uh, for a, a, a fresh anointing to fall on everybody. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for renewed promises and renewed purpose. And um, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for maybe even resurrecting up those, those um, prophecies that people have hidden away and forgotten about. But Lord God, you can raise them up. And I do, I do pray, Lord, that everybody gets stuck into your word. Lord, and I pray that this week that your word will just jump out of the page of people and people will start claiming your word and your promises in, in your word. Lord God, I just pray, Lord, a blessed day for everyone today as they um, celebrate the day with their mums or their children. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God. Just bless everybody. And I do pray 
that everybody has a fantastic week. Thank you, Lord. Amen.